Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. Caldwell with Spencer Cowan and Philip Matthew here tonight on Talking Circles. It is a great show tonight. We're talking about the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We're talking about uh, Auto Club Speedway and what we intend to see here, what we expect to see here in this weekend's races from Auto Club Speedway. The number to call anytime you want to join is 917-889-8280 here tonight on Talking Circles. I'm Clayton Caldwell. Philip Matthew and Spencer Cameron will join us in a little bit. But the big news of, of this week is the NASCAR Hall of Fame. A few new nominees on the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We'll, we'll touch on them right now. The, the guys who are newly on, on the ballot are Tony Stewart, Samard, Neil Bonnet, Marvin Pants, Jim Paschal, and Red Vogt. Uh, one interesting little nugget is that Kirk Shelmerdine, who won four championships with Dale Earnhardt as a crew chief and uh, was a ton of races with him, was taken off the ballot. We'll see if he'll get back in in a couple of years, but that was kind of a surprise. And so we'll discuss all that and who maybe somebody we think is off the ballot that should be on. I know I got a guy, and I'm dying to hear what Spencer and Philip think here in a little bit. Also, again, if you have anybody you want to talk about for the NASCAR Hall of Fame, the number again, 917-889-8280. Uh, we're going to start with you first, Philip. What do you think about the new nominees? I know Tony Stewart's your guy. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to get in. Uh, three championships, you know, won a ton of races as a, as a driver, and then he won races as a car owner, still winning races as a car owner. There's no doubt Tony Stewart's a NASCAR Hall of Famer. That's got to feel pretty good to know next year. First ballot Hall of Fame. There's no doubt Tony Stewart's getting in the Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, it's going to be something to see him actually have to go up there and really do a speech. I mean, he, he got a warm-up here uh, this week. He got inducted into a motorsports, in, into a motorsports Hall of Fame uh, with Dario Franchitti and uh, Kevin Schwantz and uh, – great Linda Vaughn and a couple other people here the most something of America I forget what it was because it was found on Tommy Kendall's and then also Arning was showing it on his uh on the Stuart Haas uh, uh what do you call Instagram uh so he already has warmed up for that I mean what's sad about it is now that they're posting it on NASCAR on NBC it's an opportunity for the um, mongoloid zealots to go and call him a murderer again which is pretty sad but you know it shows the how pathetic or you know how certain people behave and look at things and it's a sad commentary on society but then ignorance is bliss and it's kind of like why we are where we are in a lot of ways uh but in terms of tony's actual statistics on the racetrack 49 cup wins two Brickyard 400s, three theoretical wins in majors, counting that, I mean, I, it's hard for me to even taste, seriously say that the winning one, at, the one he got at Talladega was a win, but uh, the reality is 49 wins, all-time winner on road courses, uh, five wins on Watkins Glen. I have a hard time believing anyone's going to pass that. Um as a Daisy fan and an Alan Kowicki fan, I was very happy about the Hall of Fame, but it wasn't as big of a deal in the sense that we weren't able to hear them speak. Um, unless people want to go and hold a personal grudge or an agenda against Tony, uh, I figure he will be there next January uh, making a speech at the Hall of Fame. Um, other than that, I mean, Red Vaught is uh, a pioneer in the sport with Raymond Parks. Uh, those are two guys that were a real big part of the beginnings of NASCAR and helped, uh, you know, Bill France Sr. keep the thing afloat. The fact right. that he's been missing from the ballot until now has been a travesty. Uh, so his addition uh, is a good thing. I don't know when he will get in based on the way these people that seem to run the the voting uh do things uh, in uh, other than that. I mean, we'll just out of curiosity. I mean, you had Marvin, Marvin Panch, Jim Pascal, 
and former uh, Xfinity champion, now, I mean, Bush Series champion, Sam Ard, uh, yeah. one of the iconic cars of the early days of the Xfinity Series was the yep. Thomas's Country Hams Double Zero, and that was his car. And then, of course, Neil Bonnet, who, when you consider the Alabama gang, you consider that Bobby Allison's in, Davey Allison's in, um, Neil Bonnet being included, I think, is as much to do with his overall scope not just his racing career, but his um, TV career. Uh, right. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, interesting to see, and we'll see if he gets there, but you know, it depends. Yeah, uh, definitely. When you look at, at the six new nominees, Spencer, you know, a lot of people stand out. I mean, Neil Bonnet, uh, he's certainly won, you know, 18 wins in his career. Uh, really, I think his stats could have been a lot better had they had he not had the injuries. He had so many injuries in his career, uh, you know, through, even when he got to Junior Johnson, there was injuries there. And, you know, with the Wood Brothers, he came back and, and unfortunately lost his life on the racetrack as well. Uh, Sam Ard, another one who was derailed. I mean, in 83 and 84, the guy just did nothing but win in the Xfinity Series and just won two championships and completely dominated. Um, and then you have Marvin Pants, the 61 winner of the Daytona 500. Jim Paschal, who's got 25 wins, one of the early pioneers of this sport. Uh, we talked about Tony Stewart and then Red Bull uh, well, as well an early pioneers. Is somebody, Spencer, that stands out to you of those six that you were really happy to see on the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame ballot? Well, with me being a younger fan, I don't know a whole lot about any of them besides Tony Stewart. You know, I've heard of all the guys, but I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't know enough about them to make a statement. I don't want to say something stupid and say he sucked or he was good because I, I don't know their stats. All I know is Neil Bonnet had 18 wins, and you just mentioned that Jim had 25, but the only guy I can really talk about is Tony Stewart, and I think he's uh, definitely well-deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. He has three championships, two Brickyard uh, wins, and 49 total wins. So that's a Hall of Fame career, if you ask me. I don't think there's any question about Tony Stewart. I mean, it was just a matter when he was, became eligible. You know, we just lost Sam Ard back in 2017. And, you know, in 1982, he won four races, finished second in points. 83 won 10 races of 35, finished first in the points. And then he won eight races. Uh, this came later on, in his, and he won a championship in 84 and got hurt in the second to last race of the year of 84 and had a championship locked up and was never able to race again. So uh, he completely, he just completely dominated that series there for those three years, the Howard Thomas car um, with uh, Jerry Kennan as his crew chief uh, working on that team as well. So, you know, it was, it was, it's a shame that we had to wait this long for, for him to get some notoriety here. And, and, you know, the sportsman series, he was really big in the sportsman series as well. You know, there's a lot of sportsman drivers who, you know, when Jack Ingram got inducted a couple of years ago, you know, they said, well, he has this many Xfinity Series wins. Well, he had a million sportsman wins probably that weren't counted um, because it's just it, – they're so hard to keep track of. They don't really have that good of stats of the sportsman series, which is basically the Xfinity Series prior to 1982. So uh, that's sad that some of these guys, you look at it, and, and we have to judge them and say, well, you know, for example, Kyle Busch might have the most wins – he has the most wins in Xfinity by far – but that might not necessarily be true because the Sportsman Series, which was ran, you know, from the 60s all the way to 1982, uh, Jack Ingram won a lot of races, Sam R won a lot of races, Morgan Shepard won a lot of races. There's plenty of guys in that series, and I'm sure I'm missing a bunch, um, who won championships. You know, you have uh, Rene Charland, uh, Red Farmer won a bunch of races, L.D. Ottinger, Butch Lindley, all these guys uh, won, won Sportsman Champions she has prior to 1982 won a lot of races. So um, Joe Thurman, another guy. So when you look at it from that standpoint, you say, hey, um, these guys should be recognized more for not only what they did in the Xfinity Series, but what they did prior to the Xfinity Series. Um, so I, I, it's good to see Sam Ard. Again, he had a, an injury that really took him out and, and really affected his life the rest of his life before he passed in 2017. So good to see him. Marvin Pinch, we recently lost as well. Uh, Jim Haskell, you know, Red Vote, and uh, Tony Stewart, of course, those six guys. So I, I thought it was interesting. One interesting little tidbit here, Philip, and I want to get your take on it, is one person was removed from the ballot. I don't think we've ever seen that in, in, in NASCAR so far, where we have a, uh, a person 
who was originally on the ballot, now off the ballot, and that's Kirk Shelmerdine. And Shelmerdine was the crew chief of uh, Dale Earnhardt and, and Dale Earn, when Dale Earnhardt first got to um, RCR. And, and they won a lot of races. They had a lot of success. And I, I think what hurts Kirk Shelmerdine, unfortunately, is the fact that you have people who are going to say, well, he worked with Dale Earnhardt. How hard is it to, you know, crew chief for a, for a driver like that who um, was just one of, the, one of the best, if not the best driver we've ever seen come around this sport? Won 46 races, won four championships with Earnhardt. But I'll say this. You know, there was a time in Earnhardt's career, a couple of years in his career, where he didn't have the best crew chief, and he struggled. So it's not like he was just, you know, uh, a magic man. It didn't matter who crew chief those cars. He had really good crew chiefs throughout his career, and Kirk Shelmerdine's included in that. And um, it's a shame to see him off the ballot because 46 wins as a crew chief, uh, and he probably could have ran up those numbers if he didn't want to be a race car driver and live out that dream. So uh, interesting to see him off the ballot, Philip. I wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, I mean, when I heard that Kirk Shelmerdine got knocked off the ballot, I, it just is it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, Nate Ryan wrote an article about it. I mean, it's a it's a glaring. I mean, it's one of two massive uh, omissions or removals, and it shows how tone deaf uh, the sport is. I mean, the fact of the matter is when you consider great crew chiefs and you think about them, it didn't hurt Dale Inman that he worked with two champions and Mr. The King and Terry Labonte. It didn't hurt the Woods having a laundry list of the greatest drivers that ever lived driving for them. It didn't hurt it isn't gonna it didn't hurt Ray Everham that he did everything with Jeffy and sucked ass as a excuse my language as a car owner for the most part, but, you know, like these guys are all crew chiefs and they're all considered legendary figures. The reality is people don't respect Kurt Shelmerdine because he wasn't a big talker. The reality is he did his talking with the results that he helped Dale Earnhardt do. They were a part, he was one of the pieces of the flying aces, which was the best pit crew in the business in the eighties. And all those guys in some way, shape, or form are involved with RCR still, basically, outside of Shelmerdine. Shelmerdine decided he wanted to race cars, and, and, and by the time they got to 92 after he'd won four championships, they had a really bad year, and it all kind of worked out in the way where it's like, well, you know, I want to go my own way. And, you know, they, let, they left uh, amicably. And then Earnhardt won two more championships in the Andy Petrie. But the reality is saying that the crew chief of his level, talking about 46 wins, you think about Ray Everham, I think he had around that many wins, 46 wins or 47 wins with Jeff Gordon, and they won four championships or three championships. So in reality, if we're going to get, if we want to start getting crazy and you consider the kind of years that they had back in the 80s, those are comparable stats and the kind of domination that Earnhardt had at that time are is not only it's, it's really, you could make the case that Kirk Shelmerdine is a belongs as a hall of fame famer, but it shows that they don't respect. They're not respecting the mechanics or the people that, that built these race cars and had a lot to do with it as much as they're trying to force seed owners that are still active which is also a major problem I have with it, or France family people, or, you know, like, you know, instead of giving the people that really did the work, you know, you're force feeding other things that active owners that don't need to be put in because they're still alive and they're perfectly healthy or that, but you get rid of Kirk Shelmerdine. It's a, it's a real issue to me, but it's not shocking. It's kind of like par for the course with the way they do things. And uh, yeah. it's sad. Yeah, you know, and and there's a, another guy who's who who lived down by you, Spencer, who was uh, you know, his shop burned down unfortunately a, a few years ago, but a guy who a lot of people say, man, they got to get him in the Hall of Fame. I know Ryan McGee on Twitter is big about Smokey this. Smokey Eunuch. And that's Smokey Eunuch. Smokey Eunuch, and I know he was listen. Him and Bill Senior did not get along at all. Bill France Senior, 
did not get along at all. There was a lot of times he really went out there intentionally to push Bill France Sr.'s buttons, but he was his innovations and what he did for this sport completely changed this sport. And he, the fact that he's not even on the ballot is a little bit of a head scratcher, Spencer. Yeah, it's uh, funny you mention him. I'm actually uh, friends with his uh, grandson, and I know that whole family, and uh, they're big into racing. And my mom happened to take care of uh, uh, a family member in there, and she was married to Fireball Roberts, and it's a great family. And, uh, you know, there's people that say he cheated a lot, but, you know, in my eyes, I think there was a lot of cheating back then. But, uh, you know, he's a big name in the sport. He's a big name in the sport, and um, a lot of people, you know, would think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And, He's well-known in Daytona, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he made his home down there. He made his shop down there. It was famous, and, you know, it, it's head-scratching that he's not on this list. Um, and I'm, I got a guy who I think should be on this list, and I'll explain why in a little bit. But I want to get um, you guys, if there's a guy that's missing, or a person that's missing, I should say, um, from this ballot that you think should be on it. Uh, we'll start with you, Philip. Is there anybody that you think should be on this ballot that uh, is missing right now? I mean, it's when you look at it right now. I, if asking me, I didn't really have, uh, I didn't really look at it in that sense. I wasn't prepared. I mean, what I would say is there's there's two people that you know from my time since I've been watching the sport uh, that were pioneer drivers. One or both of them could be on here right now because they're both retired from NASCAR and they're more relevant to today, um, those two would be Mike Skinner and Jack Sprague. When you consider the truck series, there's three people that I think about. I think about Ron Hornaday, I think about Mike Skinner, and I think about Jack Sprague. They all raced each other from the beginning of the series. They came back later in their careers when Cup didn't work out for any of them. They battled for championships. Skinner won the first championship for RC, then Hornaday won for Earnhardt, and then Jack Sprague won for Rick Hendrick. So the reality is those three guys were the three pioneers of the truck series. And, you know, we're giving, we're finally giving some of these Xfinity or Bush series uh, pioneers, the sportsman guys, a little bit of the respect they deserve. It's kind of the same time to go and, start identifying the guys that made the truck series what it was. And yes, we've given Ron Hornaday his just due. Uh, but I think Jack Sprague, I think also um, Mike Skinner in time. I mean, it may not be this year. It, probably, it doesn't make sense this year in a sense, but I think in time one or both of them should be on the ballot. Interesting. And, and Spencer, I'm going to point at this guy. A lot of people, and I know, I believe it was Jeff Gluck, that really pointed at this guy. And when you look at his career, you, you, you don't necessarily think of him as a guy who um, completely dominated the sport, but he was a very, very, very good driver for a long time. Finished runner-up in the point standings twice, won nine races in the 2008 season. That's Carl Edwards, 28 wins altogether and 445 starts. I know he abruptly ended his career in his prime, no less, um, but a, a, a guy who Spencer, who a lot of people think belong in the NASCAR Hall of Fame based on his wins, you know, and if you include the whole th- all, all three divisions, not only does he have 28 cup wins and finish runner up there twice, but he's a 2007 Xfinity Series champion, finished runner up in his point standings four times there, third once. He won 38 Xfinity Series races as well, and then his Camping World Truck Series career on top of what he did in the Xfinity series and in the cup series. How about Carl Edwards? Do you think Carl Edwards is a guy who uh, should be in the NASCAR hall of fame? You know, there, again, as a lot of people look at that as Edwards, that maybe he should be in the NASCAR hall of fame. He's eligible too. So what are your thoughts on him not being on this ballot, Spencer? Yeah, I was actually thinking about him, but yeah, I definitely think uh, he's a, uh, he's a name to be recognized to be into the hall of fame. Like you just mentioned all his career wins and, he's a big name in the sport and, you know, nobody really expected him to go out the way he did. And like you said, he was with the top team and he was in his prime when he quit. But uh, yeah, I definitely could see him on the hall of fame. You know, he's a a driver that a lot of people like, he has a lot of respect out on the racetrack. Um, 
he's got a big fan base and, you know, he had several more years in him and he could have easily uh, got more wins than what he has at 28. You know, he could have probably gotten 30 something and he just never was able to, you know, come out on top. He was oh so close, like you mentioned at Homestead, you know, get caught up mm-hmm. in wrecks and stuff. But yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely a name that should be on the ballot or, you know, people should think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he tied Tony Stewart in 2011. People forget that, but yep. that yeah. came down to a that came down to a tie. You know, Tony won Homestead, and that's the only reason why he was the champion that year. And and Carl, I know he only won one race that year, and he had to win two to basically get in. But I mean, he was very very good. And um, you know, I think there's drivers who you look at and you say, if we look at at their full careers, I definitely including the Xfinity series and what we saw. Um, from him even the truck series, absolutely, Carl Edwards, because that Xfinity series, I know Kyle Busch was very, very good. But Carl Edwards, for a time, from 2006 to 2011, you know, it was two guys dominating the Xfinity series. It was Kyle Busch and Carl Edwards. They basically ran against each other. It was awesome to see Edwards go out there and, and do that in that 60 car. I mean, he had so much success in that Xfinity series. He was the one guy who consistently went down there, ran full time, full schedules every year he went down there, um, and, and won a lot of races and really beat Kyle Busch more than not. Um, so, and that's something to keep in mind, too, with his career as well. Do you think, uh, first of all, Philip, do you think he belongs on a ballot? And second, do you think it's his, that he's kind of fallen in the wrong era here? Now, there's a lot of people, and he was rumored to, come, to be coming back the last couple of years. There's, there was all kinds of silly rumors going around that he might be coming back. His comments recently were a little bit interesting because he said he really misses driving a race car. But at the end of the day, he's retired. And um, do you think the fact that he's so new and that there's speculation he isn't exactly uh, fully retired, what do you think is the reason that uh, Carl Edwards is off this ballot? Well, I don't even know if he's off this ballot as he wasn't there isn't room uh, right now. Uh, they decided... I mean, the reality is they, I don't know what prompted their decision to justify getting rid of Kirk Shelmerdine. I think for the first time they're like, well, you know, he may not be retired, number one. That might be one thing. But two, they decided that, okay, we can, instead of doing what they've been doing with these owners and force-feeding them, which is why I think Reverend Gibbs is going to get in, which is going to waste a spot for somebody that's, should be a driver or somebody else like a Ray Fox or somebody that or a pioneer in another series. Uh, you know, they, they don't have room. So probably by this time next year, he'll be on there with Junebug and, uh, and they'll, they'll put Junebug in on, on the first ballot, you know, and uh, for, for the PR and because he had a pretty good career, but Carl Edwards will be there. And then it'll become an interesting discussion when you consider some of the other drivers because he drove with some of the other guys that are on here. He drove with Ricky Rudd. He drove with Tony Stewart. I mean, he'll be in. He drove with Bobby Labonte at the end of their careers. Mm-hmm. And some of these other people, there is some connections there. Uh, it's See, not as much an omission as much as I think that right now uh, they decided to go a different path. Uh and they omitted, and and to me the bigger issue is the fact that they decided to get rid of Kirk Shelmerdine, and there's and you only have like me basically two mechanical or three mechanical people or whatever types on the ballot now. You know, right. like that's what I like. You're removing one of the mechanic, one of the great mechanics. Yeah, you brought in Red Vaught, but you you removed a mechanic to bring in a mechanic. It, it really doesn't jive, you know. Right. Yeah, um, and you brought up a good point about uh, Dale Jr., and I know this isn't going to be a very popular comment, but when I look at what Carl Edwards did in his career and what Dale Earnhardt Jr. did in his career, it's not even close. And I, I, don't, mean, I don't mean that in any disrespect. I mean, Edwards, and, and I know you, everybody's going to say, well, he was running the Xfinity Series and, uh, and, and great stuff, and he ran his entire career in great stuff. So did Dale Jr. I mean, let's be honest with you with each other. Now I know Junior didn't go down and play in the Xfinity series like Edwards did for as many as many times. But Edwards's career wasn't nearly as long as Dale's and he's got more wins. So let let's call a spade a spade. They both didn't win a championship. Edwards came close more times than not than Dale Junior. So 
And I know that everybody's going to say, well, he didn't move the needle as much as Jr. And all that's true. But when you look at the on-track performance, Edwards was better than Dale Jr. He just was. And, I, and again, that's not going to be a popular comment. If my wife heard me saying that from upstairs in, in, her, in our bedroom, she would be coming down, marching down, and probably screaming in my face right now. But Lisa would have uh, your ass. Yes, yes. So uh, it, it just – but as I, I'm long as you don't get your butt with. But I believe that to be true. I do. And that's where I feel bad for Edwards. It's almost like, you know, when's he going to get in? And it, to me, his career was – as far as how, how, how much he won and how often he was. I mean, you can argue – Roush, towards the last two years of Roush, when he was there, that team was really taking a nosedive. And, uh, you know, he got the Gibbs and really did well. And, and I know Carl was um, – he was kind of a, a, a different personality at times. There was an incident with Matt Kenseth and, and, you know, a shoving match at Martinsville, I, I believe it was, or Darlington, one of the two with him. And there were some issues he had with Kevin Harvick. And, and he was kind of a different Brad. personality at times. And Brad Wright. He was a very different personality at times, but you know we don't put that in into the Hall of Fame. I don't think that people really put that into the Hall of Fame. I see Dale Junior. Dale Senior wreck people all the time, and, and he's in the Hall of Fame first ballot, and he should be. But um, you know, so at the end of the day, I just to me Edwards is going to get is getting slighted. You know, you, you look at it and say, well, Neil Bonnet. Neil Bonnet had a great career, and he should be on the ballot. But it should be he be ahead of of Carl Edwards. I'm not so sure about that. So I think that's another guy who, who got taken off. And I want to give you my guy, and, and I, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one too, but here's my argument, and this is why I feel sometimes we should maybe put the guys who ran in the lower divisions, not, or excuse me, the divisions that were not cup, and put them in a separate category because Jeff Bodine, and, and people are going to say, are you kidding me? He won 18 cup races. He never even came close to a championship, won a Daytona 500, but – what he did in the modifieds, I mean, I believe it was 1979, he won over 100 races in one season in the modifieds. He was unbelievable. And the only reason why he didn't continue in the modifieds was because he went to the NASCAR Cup Series. That was the only reason. He, got, he graduated into a higher form of racing. So he gets penalized because he didn't, because all these guys stay where they were at. And Jeff Bodine went to the Cup Series. Uh, that to me is where I go, ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, he was unbelievable that year, and I know his cup career, but when you look at his cup career compared to Neil Bond's cup career, they got the same amount of wins, you know, and but I was a very good driver. I know he wasn't very liked by, by Earnhardt yeah. fans. He, he, you know, was a northerner and in a southern sport at the time and really ruffled a lot of feathers at times, but he was, he won a lot of races, gave Bud Morris final win in the cup series, um, you know, one as a owner driver a couple of times. So Bodine to me is a guy who I, I think, I don't know if he should be on a ballot, but I bet you he's not even in the conversation right now. And if you want to take somebody's whole NASCAR career and what they did, Bodine should be considered, especially because of what he did in modified. So that's a guy I want to give a shout out to um, because I just think, you know, when we had that 50 greatest drivers list last year that came out, Bodine was, was left off of it, and I was like, how could you leave him off of that list? I thought it was un- unbelievable that he was left off that list, and I'm sure there was people who voted for that list uh, who didn't really care for him and said that's why he's not on the list. But to me, that shouldn't matter that, that you don't care for a guy. So I just wanted to get that shout-out for it as well. 917-889-8280 here on Talking Circles. Of the guys that are left, you know, they're going to vote five in here in a, in a couple of months. Of the guys that are left – uh, I'll go to both of you first here, Spencer. Uh, of of the the people that are on the ballot, um, who are the five that you would vote into the Hall of Fame? The five that are uh, Tony Stewart. Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, and Tony Stewart. Okay, so that's one. But you know, we have other other uh, guys like like Sam Ard, Buddy Baker. Here are all the nominees: Sam Ard, Buddy Baker, Neil Bonnet, Red Farmer, Red Fox, Harry Gant, who won 18 Cup races. Joe Gibbs, who, who Philip mentioned earlier, John Holman, part of the Holman Moody team, Harry Hyde, a great crew chief, 1970 Cup Series winning crew chief, Bobby Labonte won the Cup Series championship, won the Xfinity Series championship in 1991, uh, Herschel McGriff, a NASCAR West Series champion, Ralph Moody, Marvin Panch, a 17-time winner, won the 60, 1961 Daytona 500, Jim Pascal, Larry Phillips, who was a, a weekly racing series, a five-time champion, uh, Ricky Rudd, 
23-time champion, 23-time winner uh, in the Cup Series, nine-time NASCAR champion Mike Stefanik, Tony Stewart, Red Vote, and Waddell Wilson. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, of those guys, um, are there five guys that, that you would put, vote in? Tony Stewart's one. Who are the other four, Spencer? I would say Harry Gant. Um, Interesting. Just because he's, you know, I think he, you know, Mr. September, he had a great September, obviously, and he has, uh, you know, he was a good race car driver. He's well-known, fan base. Um, oh, um, yikes. Do you need a minute? I don't know, Philip. Spencer, yeah, Philip, help me out. I'll, I'll go and yeah. give her a, Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll give it a shot, and then, um, yeah, you can – Go and think about it. I mean, for me, I already posted this, and I kind of had to edit it. I mean, obviously, my bias aside, um, the smoke is in there. Uh, but after that, and it's possible that I'm forgetting it, and I can blame it on some substance, some beverages I'm having. But the reality is I I see after Tony, uh, I would put in – I'd put in Mike Stefanik because he's he's a legend here in the Northeast. Nine championships, as you said, uh, Clayton. The reality is he won in a modified. He won in the Bush North Series. He came to the Truck Series. He was competitive. He drove for Dale Phelan in the 66 truck. He tried to give it a shot down here, down south. Went back up, kept on winning. He's a legend. And he's one of the great. And we talk about the Northeast bias. They put in the two greatest modified drivers ever in in um in um I'm forgetting his name now. Uh uh the Richie 61, Evans. Richie Evans and his rival, uh, Jerry um Hill. Jerry or yeah, I mean uh the two great modified drivers and they put those two in and I think Stefanik fits in that mold. So I would, and and I have a, and I really would like to see them have guys that are at. I mean, in in Stefanik's case, he has time, but the reality is, I don't want them to go and over, pat, go and pass the fact that he won nine NASCAR championships. That's unbelievable. You know, everyone wants to talk about two hundred wins, and now we can go and start combining wins. Now it's a thing. So when we were talking about, you know, Neil Bonner, you're talking about Buddy Baker, you're talking about some of these other guys, let's just start combining how many wins they had in all three series. Let's go and make that a thing, or two series in their case, or them and sportsmen, you know. I'm, I say Smoke, Mike Stefanik, Herschel McGriff, because he's a West Coast le- I remember back when I first started watching Herschel McGriff at however many years old he was, and he's still driving, and it's so unbelievable, and it's amazing. But the point is, he was a great driver for, like, five decades. He was still competitive. He came out, like, last year, and he ran a, a K&N West race, and he's, like, pushing – he's, like, 82. You know, that's Paul Newman stuff. You know, that's yeah. unbelievable. The guy is – the guy is un, is is the the – pioneer of West Coast stock car racing and for that and that alone and he's still alive and he's and I'm sure it'd be amazing to listen to some of the stories and things he'd have to say and it would be great for this sport um, and for the Hall of Fame for, for in terms of uh, making it you know like giving it some validity uh, I'd put in Larry Phillips because it goes with you know this and this is the point. Is this is definitely not going to happen. Uh, but, I mean, the the reality is this is how I'd go about it. And Larry Phillips is a weekly racing series cha- uh, legend, and he won hundreds of th- whatever thousands of races or whatever. That's There's something to be said about that. And to me, it, there's a lot of, you know, like I think of Larry Phillips, and then I look at some of these other guys that are getting a little more recognition who run the super late models and the limited late models and, you know, the crate modifieds and things like that. These guys are getting a little more credit now. Well, that Larry Phillips is doing that, and he made a career, and he made a living, and he won. And there's something to say about that. And you talk about Jeff Bodine. I mean, we it, going back and all these guys that came from the modifieds and went cup racing – can go and analyze that in a little more detail and see how good they all were. 
And uh, I mean, the fifth, the fifth person I would put in, I is kind of difficult. I I think I left Buddy Baker out on on the on the fifth person, and I I keep on flipping back and forth. It depends on what I'm feeling at that moment. I I love Buddy Baker because I remember his voice and I remember his laugh and the way he told stories and the fact he was the first man to drive 200 miles an hour in a stock car. I mean, there's so much to to talk about how great of a person uh, Buddy Baker was and uh, how much he made a difference in my life early as a NASCAR fan, listening to his voice and how he explained things and how he was and his drawl and, the stats don't measure how great of a man he was and how great of a person and all the way he, he was. And um, at least for me on this show, we'll go and say Buddy Baker because he's been on the ballot for a few years and uh, he has his family and, and his family and the way it would be, it'd be great to see the emotion of, you know, Buddy Baker. Cause he was a legitimate, you know, analyst, not this Daryl Walter. Right. Jeff Gordon nonsense, not the not his biased crap. Just a legitimate analyst, and he had he had one of the greatest laughs in the history of, you know, broadcasting. And he had so much passion and love for it, and he cared about people. And you can't right. you can't measure that. For sure. And I, w- one thing about these people who are in the Hall of Fame on the ballot, I should say, um, they're all probably going to get in eventually. So, you know, that's what makes this so hard is the fact that when you say you got to get five, you know, you're like, well, not this year, but definitely they're definitely a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, you know, um, and that's what's incredible the about the National Hall of Famer. a Hall of Famer too. <laughs> yeah, and he's off the ballot. And there's just so – we got such a late start on the Hall of Fame in NASCAR that, uh, you know, there's so many guys to put in, you know, and, and, and so many people to put into this to those Hall wild when you sit there and you go well you know um i have to pick five i mean i'm looking i can't even pick my five because i'm sitting there going well i pick like there's there's are are tremendous that i watched growing up saying no they should they belong in absolutely so um yeah you know the one i don't get this year is marvin panch uh with 17 wins in in the 61 500 i mean does a daytona 500 hold that much you know credence to where it Put you in the Hall of Fame. I'm not so sure about that, uh, but we'll see. You know, I mean, we'll Under see how it goes. Logic, MW55 is going to be on the right. fucking ballot right. soon enough, right? And that's and he's got two, so um, you know, it, it just makes you sit there and go, mm, I'm not so sure. So, uh, but Spencer, real quick, do you have uh, uh, your five guys? I mean, I, I, you know, that's what makes it so hard, Spencer, for me. I know for you and even Philip is the fact that there's just so many guys. There's a Red Farmer, for example. He was a sportsman champion. We talked about that earlier. Uh, 1956 modified champion. He won races up until the 90s. I mean, he was a tremendous driver. So, uh, And you met him this year. I know that. So uh, there's a lot of people that are on this list that just belong in. So well, let me ask you this to ch- kind of change it up a little bit. Um, is there one guy on this list where you sit there and you say, uh, they absolutely should belong in this year, and who is that? Uh, maybe aside from Tony Stewart, since we talked about that, and we, um, um, I want to have. I, I mean, like you said, a lot of these guys do deserve in. Well, I'm just going to go a different, and I'm going to say Joe Gibbs, and he's done. He's done so much for the sport, you know, and he's an incredible owner. He owns a team that goes out and competes for wins, you know, on a daily basis, and competes for championships, and. um you know he's a he's won Super Bowls with the Redskins. I know that has nothing to do with NASCAR, but his his <laughs> what he's done is just is he's it's a, it's a lot. And you know he has yeah. you know some of the best drivers in NASCAR. And I mean, if you he's his team is just as good as Hendrick and all them, and they're in the Hall of Fame. And um, I just I think uh, as an owner he is he has a team that is good now and is going to continue to be good and just rack up more wins. So. Based off the owners that are already in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, I think uh, Joe Gibbs should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Interesting. You know, you think about his career as a car owner. Um, you know, he won those championships with Bobby, won the championship with 
uh, two with Tony, one one with with Kyle Busch. Um, you know, and he's won as a car owner in the Cup Series 159 wins, and Xfinity he's got 155 wins. So when you look at at, the, at those guys and you and you sit there and you watch what what he has been able to do, um, and, and build that team really from the bottom up now, uh. He got. He obviously had a lot of help. Hendrick Motorsports really helped him with the engines early on in their uh, existence, and all kinds of stuff. But certainly a a car owner who's who's right now on the elite four, and I I can understand the argument. Well, he's still his career still going and still progressing. I completely understand that one. Uh, but then he wouldn't put any car owners in at that point, really, that we had. Yeah. Um. So, so that's, and that's so. right. And and the Wood Brothers. So. Uh, it would have been <laughs> it would have been interesting to see. Well, the Wood Brothers uh, how, are a different thing compared to like Hendrick or Gibbs. Well, you or say that, Green. but 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 you say that, but you know, um, technically Glenn Their Wood was still part still of that team. Yeah, technically, they're, they're, Glenn Wood was still part of that team. I know you sit there and go, well, you know, he might not have had a lot of say in it, but he was still part of that team for <laughs> up until the day he died. So, you know, that's where it gets a little bit hairy, in my opinion where you have to sit there and look at it a little bit different perspective because you go, well, even though their career's not, it might not, you know, their career might not be over until they pass these car owners because they got such, especially the, the modern the day ones, they, especially the modern day ones. So, yeah, I, I think Joe, Joe's a guy who certainly, uh, when you look at his stats, uh, belongs up there. So let's change the subject a little bit here, guys. Um, uh, speaking of, of, Hall of Famers and, and and records and wins. I want to get a little bit of your opinion on on a hot topic that's been um, b- before we break down Auto Club Speedway. What we're going to see this weekend, a hot topic that has been bouncing around the NASCAR world here for the last two or three weeks. And it's Kyle Busch, 199 career wins. His next win in NASCAR, whether it's trucks, Xfinity, or Cup, will be his 200th career win. That's a milestone. Uh, Richard Petty's got 200 wins in the Cup Series. Bush's wins rack up to Richard Petty's. A lot of people are saying, well, Richard Petty won a lot of races early in his career where there was only 20, 25 cars, um, you know, and he he was able to win all those races because, you know, he, he was in great equipment, et cetera, et cetera, where Kyle's going against what people consider a, a, a better competition now than what it was back in the 60s, which I don't necessarily agree with at all. But I'm just saying what the arguments are laid out are laid out. So, with that all in mind, guys, and what we know about Kyle Busch and what we know about Richard Petty, uh, I'll start with you, Philip. What's your opinion on this? Do you think these wins for Kyle Busch, these 200 wins, are um, legitimate? Should they be considered an accomplishment, or they should, should they be considered just as good, if not better, than Richard Petty's 200 wins? What are your thoughts? The point is, I've I mean, I'm guilty of my, you know, my being a, uh, my bias kicking, you know, going back and forth and back and forth over time. And the the reality is true professionalism. Kyle Busch is one of the greatest drivers I've ever seen in my time. And I've watched motorsports for 27 years of my life. The reality is he's won two. He's going to win 200, and he's going to win over 200 races. And he already has 52 Cup wins, which is pretty, pretty dang good. Uh, granted, when you have a factory Toyota and you're their guy, I don't think it hurts uh, that you're. And but you have to be able to close. And over time, he's been able to in recent years, which used to be something that was a problem for him. Uh, he's never, it's not like he's ever been in a bad vehicle over his career. So, uh, and people would make that contention in terms of Richard Petty for a good part of his career when he was winning, he wasn't in bad equipment either. He might have been in the best. In a lot of ways, Kyle Bush is the same way. When you consider his Xfinity and truck wins, he's in the absolute best equipment there is on the racetrack. And that's been the case since 2008. Uh, it It is what it is. It is 200-plus wins in this era. It's a different thing. 
it's a great thing to win that many races. To be able to win that much is pretty crazy. And But now it makes me think about, like, Kevin Harvick. When they showed the stat a couple of weeks ago where Kevin Harvick's got 100-plus wins, I'm like, wow, they never showed this before. I'm like, that makes Kevin Harvick's career look really pretty crazy, and he's won two Xfinity titles, one cup title, you know, all the majors he has. All that's there, you know, so it, it validates his career. You know, Kyle Busch doing this is validating Kevin Harvick, is validating Carl Edwards, talking about Carl Edwards and what he's done in all three series. It's brought up a new discussion about what you've done across multiple NASCAR series. And for that, I guess we can give him credit for that. To me, the difference is simple. It's the personality. I've only heard one person my whole entire life ever say a negative thing about Richard Petty. Um, That wasn't like a rival or somebody that had a real rivalry with him. But the fact is they understand it and they're now friends and they appreciate each other. Richard Petty is well-respected. He's one of the greatest people that ever came across, and he's a king, and a president of the United States showed up to the racetrack because of Richard Petty and, you know, like Haley Arbor and whatever. But the point is Ronald Reagan didn't show up just for anybody. He showed up for Richard Petty. And uh, the point is there's a there's a difference there. You know, Kyle mm-hmm. Busch, for as good as he may be, people aren't sitting there running out unless they're little kids or people who are angry at the world or whatever characterization you want to come up with for typical zealot Kyle Busch fans um, that can't listen to, you know, any level of criticism on the guy. Um, the the reality is uh, Kyle Busch, no matter what he does for the rest of his career, I'll, I'll never, I'll, I consider him as a race car driver. One, he's a great race car driver. But considering what he has, I'm pretty sure there's other guys that can do that too, and Chris Bell's proof of that. And Martin Truex is proof of that. And other people are proof of that based on what they've done in that kind of equipment. And then also, but I also separate the character. And the character is what's going to separate what makes the 200 wins of Richard Petty versus the 200-plus wins of Kyle Busch, what their meaning is in the grand scheme of things. Fox is going to make a big deal about it because – Daryl Waltrip has an obsession with him. I get it. It's great. They love him, whatever. But, you know, Richard Petty did this, and he did it a long time ago. And it set a table. It set the, it set the tone. Right. And now we have this to aim at. And there's other guys that can kind of get there, and there might be time. It might take time, but we might have somebody else that kind of goes after that. And yeah, good. Appreciate the talent for what Kyle Busch has the kind of driving talent that he has, because I'm not sure we're going to see many people, if anybody, who can do what he did. But well, I'll not take only somebody that. else any day. Well, not only that, what we're not going to see what, what somebody, you know, with the rules the way they are now, with seven races in the cup, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. cup drivers, you know, you're not going to be able to go down there and do what he did. Um, and, and, and I think that's part of his legacy. I hope legacy. They, flexibil- they make some flexibility with that because the point is he we'll abused see. it. Him and Carl Edwards abused it well, to the point of why. It, the problem was the fundamentals of the Xfinity series. And I'm sure we touched on this a couple of weeks ago where, you know, we had 27 companion events right now with 33 races. That was the problem. Yeah. That's a problem with the Xfinity series. It's not that – and everybody times a year over yeah. over a 27-race – 29 race schedule they didn't do it 27 times in a 33 race schedule they didn't do that because it wasn't as, as many companion events so that was that's the that's the real root of that problem um and you could argue that that that, that rule is the kyle bush rule and both what we see in the truck series and what we see in the xfinity series is the kyle bush rule now i know i know you don't think very highly of his character but i'm going to say this about him off the track what has what, away from the track I think he's he's a great guy. He's never really done anything uh, with, with law enforcement, nothing. He's he's just never really got himself in trouble any anyway, anywhere. Um, sir, he's done some things on a track that were um, the Hornaday thing. People point out, and that was stupid, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I, I didn't care for when he broke the guitar for, right in front of Sam, right in front of uh, Sam Bass, who, Sam who just Bass. painted that thing. You know, I didn't care for that, but. You also have to remember this was a guy who had a lot of success at a very, very young age. He's still young, 
And, you know, we all do stupid things. I know I did. I can certainly think about 10 things right off the top of my head, boom, that were dumb, dumb things before the age of 25 that I did. And Kyle was thrown into a spotlight because he had this unbelievable skill before the age of, of 25. So I give him a break there. It's not like he was a bad guy off the track. Um, and he's grown up a lot, and there's still things. Listen, no doubt. He throws tantrums when he loses. I, I, I like that because I would probably be the same way. You know, I want my driver to care as much as I do. I, want, I, I take that back. I, as a fan, I want my driver to care more than I do because it is his livelihood. It is his job. And there's sometimes with certain drivers of certain fans where you kind of sit there and go, am I more angry than the driver today? And, and as a fan, you kind of scratch your head and you go, I don't know if I should feel that way. I, why should I feel that way? Why should I be more angry than the driver today? So with Kyle Busch, there's no doubt he's more angry than the fans. And he gets angry when he finishes second. It's amazing. What's amazing to me about him and Jimmy Johnson and the drivers who are really uh, – Dale Earnhardt, the drivers who are really, really successful, Richard Petty, is a lot of people would be content with the wins. They would be content with the championships. They never seemed content, and that's what I liked about it. So I'm not trying to get off completely off track from what we were talking about. I want to get Spencer's opinion on this. But the 200 wins, I mean, it was – it's an interesting debate because it's just – to me, it's two completely different eras where you have an a, mm-hmm. a, a extremely, extremely talented race car driver in the 60s and 70s, probably the one of the best we've ever seen in, in the 80s. And then we have Kyle Busch who can really drive a race car uh, and and – you know, Kyle's gone through so, like Richard Petty, gone through so many different drive, uh, body makes, gone through so many different things. And I know it's a different era where these young kids come up and they really don't have to be um, in, in bad equipment or, or rough equipment to learn how to drive. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, Richard won cup races. Kyle didn't. And I think right now with the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series, this wasn't always the case, but over the last five to 10 years, especially it has become a breeding ground, the Xfinity series and the truck series. It really has. It has become a breeding ground where you have drivers who don't have as much experience as a cup driver and don't have as much talent as a cup driver in both the Xfinity series and the truck series. That's just the facts. It is. I, and I said this point today in a, in a conversation I was having or this week, I should say in a conversation I was having, I've never heard somebody say, I'm moving – who's running the Cup Series, hey, I'm moving up to the Xfinity Series next season. I'm moving up to the Truck Series. It's always we're going to go down to the Xfinity Series. We're going to go down to the Truck Series. Or if you're in the Trucks or if you're in Xfinity, you say, I'm going to move up to the Cup Series. And that is, to me, the difference between this. Richard Petty won Cup races. Kyle Busch won Xfinity Series and Truck races. That's the, that's the way it is. Spencer, what's your take on this? I mean, listen – it's real. It's what I love about you is you bring a, a unique perspective to the show. Philip and I are sort of on a, you know, old school mindset, and you bring a completely different perspective. So, and, and a guy who grew up um, really with with the Xfinity series, how it is now is how basically you remember it. Uh, with with Cup drivers sort of invading into the Xfinity series, there was Xfinity before that. Obviously, we all know that we discussed that earlier. Um, but what's your take on this? Do you think? Kyle Busch's 200 wins are, are like Richard Petty's 200 wins. Do you think it's different errors? You can combine them, or do you think? Listen, there's people out there who think Kyle Busch's are better. What are your What's your take? Well, uh, I'll set them people straight now. They are not better. You just mentioned it. It's Richard Petty has 200 Cup wins. It's the top series in our sport. You know, people consider the trucks and Xfinity the minor leagues, and um, but no, it's it's. I mean, look, Kevin Harvick has the same amount of wins as Kyle Busch does in the Cup. I mean, there's guys around there that have those same amount of wins as he does in the Cup Series. And don't get me wrong, it's a great accomplishment. He has every right to brag about it. Um, but it's, it, to me, it's not the same. And, yes, it is different errors. And, uh, you know, Richard Petty said himself, he said Kyle Busch would have been talented back in our day. He would have been competitive. But, you know, the errors have a lot to do with it, you know, different cars and all that stuff. But, um uh, I just I don't see it the same. You know, Cup wins are a lot different than Truck and Xfinity wins, and um, you know he he's going down, and like you said, that's uh, that's what it is. They go down, and it's 
I don't want to say it's easy for Kyle Busch, but he makes it look easy. I can tell you that much. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of respect for Kyle Busch. I've happened to meet him uh, a couple times in the garages. He was really nice. And like you mentioned, he's never gotten in trouble. He's caught. Co- he does have an attitude. He's cocky. A lot of people don't like him, but you know, that's good to be, uh, where a lot of people boo you because that means he's doing something right. He's winning. Yeah. And, you know, he, sh- and he looks at, he, you know, he looks at that and goes, well, I'm winning and people don't like me for that reason. And, yeah. uh, you know, if people didn't like me because I was winning, that's fine. You know, I'm, I know I'm doing my job. He can win in anything he gets in. Um, but like you said, it's, he's going against 17 year olds in the truck series, 18 year olds. And he's 33. He's a cup champion. He's an Xfinity series champion. He has talent. And he he's gonna whip up on an eighteen year old race car driver that's inexperienced, doesn't have a lot of talent. And right. you know, you said it perfect. He's going down there and it's kind of easy for him. And Richard Petty kind of said that. And, and so, that's not yeah, I'm I don't not trying to same. Right. I'm not trying to totally um take away what the Xfinity series was. Like, you know, what you, the, the the sportsman series and the Bush series with Jack Ingram ran in in the Xfinity series of twenty nineteen are two completely different things, in my opinion. They really are, because it's now we have development contracts, Cup Series owners use these series as a breeding ground. And sure, there's a few drivers in the Xfinity Series who compete with Kyle Busch, but at the end of the day, they're there to get experience in, in, the, in not only the drivers, but the teams, the crew chiefs, everybody, there to get experience. So that's why I, I say it's a little bit different. Um, but it certainly shouldn't take away what Kyle does. And listen, he's at 200 wins right now. I think he's going to stop running the Xfinity Series and Truck Series in a couple of years and just focus on his cup thing. But he's a guy who could get up there by Pearson. He really is. There's, we talk about this all the time when you look at wins. Well, who's going to get – you know, right now we have a log jam sort of at 84, 85, and 83 there with Bobby Allison, Kale Yarbrough, Darrell Waltrip. Now Jimmy Johnson's there. And uh, and then you got Jeff uh, Dale Earnhardt at 76, you know, and Kyle's going to put himself into the top five in his cup wins of all time. There's no doubt about that. So uh, Don and what he's is about to do in his career is is something that shouldn't be taken lightly. He's a tremendous race car driver, first ballot Hall of Famer, and I don't want to take anything away from him on that standpoint. But I just think it's a little bit different when uh, you're going against drivers who are a little bit less experienced than you when you've been running the Cup Series for and, and running in, in the Xfinity Series for 15 years, um, going against guys who are just running their first time, first time they've ever seen Atlanta Motor Speedway, the first time they've ever seen Bristol, where you've run 50, 60 races there in a, in a Cup and Xfinity and truck. So that that's just the way I, was, I look at it, for sure. Um, 917-889-8280. want to talk about this weekend's events uh, at Auto Club Speedway before we before we end the show here tonight, guys. Um, we talked on it a little bit last last show, but I want to I want to get a little bit more opinion here because uh, it's it's gonna be it's fresh in our minds. We we start practice tomorrow, Cup Series, Xfinity Series practice tomorrow. There's qualifying tomorrow for for the Cup Series, um, Cup and Xfinity this weekend in in at Auto Club Speedway, uh, Cup Series race Sunday, Xfinity Series race Saturday, like we always seen, uh, like we're used to. Um, but what do you think we're going to see this weekend, Philip? It's very interesting. This is a two-mile track like I talked about earlier uh, in the week. It's a two-mile track, big wide-open turns. I think they're going to be wide open. Uh, what do you think we're going to see this weekend at Auto Club Speedway? I mean, in terms of the uh, cup, cup race, because that's what's more important in this case, I think it'll be uh, akin to what they've had at Michigan a couple of times recently where they've kind of R&D'd some of the uh, changes. They'll be wide open uh, for longer periods of time, which will be more like trucks and Xfinity. Um, there will be very big – I mean, I, it'll mean that the restarts will be insane. I mean, restarts at ACS have always been insane, but I think – with the massive uh, spoiler that they have now and the lack of horsepower, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. To And then along with the uh, rougher surface, uh, I believe it'll be a closer race, at least for the first few laps of a run. 
it might go about 10, 10 laps into a run before the separation exists versus, you know, about three to five laps. Um, hopefully it'll be a closer race. I mean, if it's kind of like Atlanta, it had its moments. It was the restarts kind of were really interesting, and then it kind of became a usual Atlanta race. Brad was able to make it work late, and but Martin Jurex is much closer to him than he would have been a year ago. Uh, I figure a closer race, uh, if it comes down to a restart, I mean, it's going to be a mess, a late race restart. But otherwise, I mean, it should be closer than it has been over recent years, especially last year when Martin kind of just whooped the field. Yeah, and, and uh, it seemed like that 78 team, when they got on the mile and a half, two-mile tracks, whenever they got there, they were going to do that. <laughs> they always had the knack yeah. for it. It's going to be interesting to see if, if Cole Pern, who has a knack for really setting up a race car and Truex has a knack for really driving a race car, if they can go out there and, and do what they did last year, at least be up in the front a lot this year. I know the rules are going to be different, but be up in the front, be a real contender this year. Um, it's going to be wild to see, Spencer. I can't wait to see this race because I just – I'm dying to see if they're going to be push drafting on a back straightaway or push drafting at, at points of this racetrack because, um, you know, Kozlowski talked about it and these tracks are big and wide now. Um, we'll see. We'll see if they go, if they, if they do that. Um, but Spencer, I'll get your opinion first and then Phillips before we end here quick guys, who do you think is going to win this, this weekend in the cup series? Who do you think is going to win the Xfinity series before I push it off to Phillip? What you, who do you got Spencer? I don't know. There's been seven different winners at this racetrack in the past 10 years. And so, it, you know, it's definitely not a track where they repeat winners. I mean, as you can see from the past 10 races. Um, so I really don't have a specific driver and tell you who wins, but, uh, you know, I'd like to see the 42 win. So I'm just going to say the 42 car, you know, he has speed. He loves these racetracks like this. So let's go uh, Chip Ganassi racing with the 42. Yeah, he's been tremendous here in the past. You know, he won here last year or two years ago, I should say, um, and he, he's he's been great. This is his type of racetrack, I feel like too. Uh, but I, I'm curious to see if the Chevrolets perform this weekend. They just they've been better, especially the Ganassi cars, but they're just not there yet to be where on these mile and a half tracks to be where they're could be able to compete with the Toyotas and the Fords. Uh, Philip, it's been a great year for Team Penske. Um, we, we saw, you know, all three races with this new package so far, team Penske's had a driver that's led a lot of laps. They've had two wins and a driver that's led a lot of lap and, and sat on the pole in the other one. Uh, what do you, what do you, who do you think is going to win this race? And, and do you think team Penske, as far as the Ford's camp, Joe Gibbs and the Toyota camp, obviously, I think those two teams right now, uh, in this young season have really stood out above the rest. Um, is there somebody who could surprise us this weekend? Larson, I think is a good candidate. Who do, you, who do you got? I mean, I think if it is going to be anybody that would surprise, it would probably be, uh, you know, uh, it would be Spencer's team. It would be the Ganassi team because they're the lead Chevy team. And Kurt Busch over his career is one of the best at Auto Club Speedway. And then you add the fact that Kyle Larson, most of his wins have been at Roger Penske built D-shaped two-mile ovals. Uh, so, I mean, the, the it would be that team. Uh, I mean, for me, I'll take Blaney just for the sake of it. Uh, the fact is I think Blaney is due. Last week he finally got a finish that is respective of what that team is. And, you know, he's due to win a race. He, and, you know, he's only got a couple wins. The reality is that's a catch-up to Chase Elliott. That Chase Elliott can go and blow him off on his podcast or whatever since Chase Elliott blows off everything that involves the rest of the that whole friends group. It would be funny to see him win at ACS and then Chase Elliott's like, oh, yeah, I flew home, whatever. I just completely blew it off. Uh, but if it's going to be somebody that, isn't Penske or, or Gibbs. Uh, it'll probably, I would think it would be the Chip Ganassi team because of the results and the stats that kind of support it for both of their drivers that they have. Uh, it would be a pretty 
cool to see Kurt Busch win in that Monster Energy car. Because no, the diecast. Well, <laughs> whatever. I, I I I like his. I like looking at his life on Instagram. So it's whatever. It's a whole different thing. Oh, okay. uh, but and then, uh, but if it isn't, I definitely want to see the forty-two win just because. Um, the Kyle Larson fan in general. Uh, I've been a fan for a long time, so it would be good for the sport to see him win at home. Uh, one of the hometown guys, but if he wanted, it'd be pretty good. Uh, but I'll, yeah. I'll go and pick YRB. Yeah, and and we're forgetting a guy who's from California, who's uh, won a lot of races in the last few years, Kevin Harvick as well. So, uh, you know, if Harvick, who's and I talked about this a little bit, and I don't want him to say he's having a bad year because he's not. He's having a great year. But the speed on that team has not been where it's been the last few years. I be- truly believe that about Stuart House Racing. So um, he could certainly silence me this weekend and certainly silence the people who think the BSHR, they don't have the stranglehold they've had on a, on a couple of uh, – on a team, on, on a sport in the last couple of years like they've had the last couple of years. This year, they don't have the strangleholds with a win here this weekend. Amarolo has been fast. So uh, I think this is the type of race where you could totally see somebody out of the blue winning this race because the drafts can be so prevalent and uh, restarts are going to be wild. So we might see some wrecks and might see some people up there who you don't normally don't see up there. I want to thank Philip Matthew Algar's and Spencer Cowan. Oh, I'll guys your pick for Saturday. Who's your pick for Saturday, Philip, before I, before I close out here? Kyle Bush gets his 200th win on Saturday. <laughs> uh, gee, <laughs> gee, that's a, that's a bold Bush. prediction there. Going out on a real yeah, limb there. That's the that's the that's the toughest limb I've ever been on. Yeah, know. yeah, for sure. Uh, and I'll, I'll go with um, I'm going to go with Christopher Bell just because I can. So uh, and you guys didn't pick him. So come on. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll get back to you guys here next time on Talking Circles. We'll be back here Sunday after the Cup race here from Auto Club Speedway. I want to thank Spencer Cowan. I want to thank Philip Matthew here on Talking Circles tonight. For all you guys do, especially thank you guys for listening. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. We'll do it again on Sunday. Good night, everybody.